Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Your host, Billy Dean Shoemate III here, and I am back with another episode of Strange Places. Today, we're going to talk about another urban legend, since I really enjoyed the last one. Gozu, Cowhead, Tomino's Hell, and um, our take on it. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and, and check that one out. It's it's very fun. It's, it's interesting. And the last one that I mentioned, uh, Fahrenheit for, you know, 51, and um, kind of how I think a lot of these urban legends are propagated and spread. Ugh, stupid microphone. <laughs> there we go. I'm going to leave that in there. <laughs> Why? Because I don't like to cut. We're just going to keep going. Yeah, if my microphone decides to go wonky in the middle of recording, we, we just keep moving. So, <laughs> um, before we get into it, I apologize for any extraneous sounds. We're all at, a lot of us are still at home. A lot of us are still working at home. And, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, th- this is, this should be, uh, well, what's the word I'm looking for? This should be a inspiration to podcasters and budding podcasters out there. Keep doing what you're doing. Even if the kids are running around and somebody's doing dishes in the background, don't let that stop you, okay? Do what you love to do, and people will follow. If you're passionate enough about it, people will pick up on that. They'll notice that. And, um, you know, even when your microphone goes wonky halfway through a recording and someone's doing dishes in the background and your kid is sitting right on the floor right by me playing Magic the Gathering, super quiet and being really, really good, sir... <laughs> then, um, you know, like I said, people will follow. Don't stop what you're doing just because you're home or just because you don't have super perfect, awesome, expensive gear or what have you. Just do it. I think life is too short to not follow what you want to do. So anyway, what we're looking uh, at today is the legend of Polybius. In 1981... An arcade in the Portland, Oregon area was the scene of countless gamers coming down with migraines, heart attacks, addiction, seizures, strokes, and amnesia, all due to one game cabinet, Polybius. Now, the game itself was said to have been created by an unknown government agency to test mind control technology on unsuspecting civilians. It worked almost too well, or so the legend goes. Now... Excuse me. I'm getting over a cold, so my throat's a little screwed up. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, yeah, I'm trying to spare you most of the, uh, yeah, phlegmy sounds. So anyway, it's almost quaint to discuss Polybius now. In the age of um, hyper-targeted Facebook propaganda, military recruiting via Twitch, the looming specter of deepfakes, the idea that the public would be so terrified of an arcade game is kind of adorable. It goes without saying that urban legends like this were the product of a more naive time, a time before such tales would become weaponized and mutate into the far more dangerous genre of conspiracy theory. The name Polybius itself was likely selected specifically as bait for the inquisitive and easily spooked. The original Polybius was an ancient Greek philosopher born around 208 BC in Megalopolis, uh, Arcadia. He's known for his affinity. This is a real, a real guy. 
Polybius is, was a real human being that lived in 208 BC. He created the Polybius Square. Well, naturally. <laughs> as well as a belief that historians should uh, strictly report what they can verify through hard evidence and by interviewing witnesses. He is actually the father of what we call today investigative journalism. The Polybius, the real guy. The first one that wrote stuff down that said, I will only write what I can verify through evidence and by interviewing witnesses. Basically the father of, you know, <laughs> investigative journalism. His name itself means many lives in Greek. Get it? Many lives. Arcadia, cryptic puzzles, the famous skepticism. It's almost tailor-made for a spooky video game story, right? <laughs> the urban legend of Polybius gained popularity on February 6, 2000. And this is a thing that you still see all over the internet. People posting photos, whether they look photoshopped or not. And it's all over pop culture. And there are a lot of people out there swearing that they played this game, that this thing is real. Well, the first time it's popped up, really, I mean, in, uh, the first time it came into, I guess, public consciousness or um, it popped back into, we'll say that too, public consciousness, was when a listing for the game popped up on a coinop.org uh, website. It's a digital museum and like database for arcade gaming. The page for Polybius listed the game as having been copyrighted in 1981, though no such copyright exists, and only briefly mentions bizarre rumors about the title before classifying its history as unknown. Now, I would sit here and read the game details here. Well, maybe we should, just to get you know, a better idea as to what's going on. How about I give you kind of the Reader's Digest version? It says, uh, the game had a very limited release, one or two backwater arcades in the suburb of Portland. I'm reading the original post here. The history of this game is cloudy. There were all kinds of strange stories about uh, how kids who played it got amnesia afterwards, couldn't remember their names, where they lived. The bizarre rumors about this game was that it was supposedly developed by some kind of weird military tech offshoot group, used some kind of proprietary behavior modification algorithms developed by the CIA, Kids who played it woke up at night screaming, having horrible nightmares. And a couple had committed suicide, apparently. According to an operator who ran an arcade with one of these games, guys in black coats would come to collect records from the machines. They're not interested in quarters or anything, they just collected information about how the game was played. The game was weird-looking, kind of abstract, Fast action with some puzzle elements. The kids who played it stopped playing games entirely. One of them became a big anti-video game crusader or something. We've contacted one person who met him, and he claims the machines disappeared after a month or so, and no one ever heard about them again until the ROM showed up. Here's what we found so far. Found English strings, insert coin, and press one player start, and only looks to be a one or two player game. Text in the game says 1981, Sinisloschen, maybe a German company. If anyone has heard any information about this game, we would appreciate hearing about it. And then it says, quick update. <clears throat> Excuse me. We just wanted to go on record or hear that Stephen Roach is full of himself and knows nothing about this game. We have it on good authority. No, Polybius is not a Tempest prototype. No, Polybius is not a vector game. Does the title screen look vector? No, it doesn't. 
We've recently received some new information about the game today. Today's March 16th, 2009. And yes, one of us is flying to the Kiviv, Ukraine, Ukraine area tomorrow. And yes, the trip is related to this information. Stay tuned. So that is the coin-op post, the original post. I read it in its entirety. <clears throat> Though impossible to confirm without a confession from the man himself, the person believed to have created this post is Kurt Kohler, the owner of the site. Kohler would also tip off writer Dan Electro of GamePro, which at the time claimed to be the world's largest independent multi-platform gaming magazine, to the existence of the story. Eventually, in a 2003 listicle called Secrets and Lies, GamePro came to an inconclusive verdict regarding the veracity of the tip. The story went on to hit Slashdot, the closest thing to going viral in the early 2000s, on August 21st, 2003. And it, too, was rated, uh, you know, or deemed inconclusive after quite a bit of their study. But as we in the age of, <laughs> you want to say it with me? Fake news. Right? The point of getting the story out there was not to have it debunked. It was to lodge it in the popular imagination of American gamers. At this, Caller was wildly successful, man. Polybius has gone on to be the subject of television shows, music videos, documentaries, extensive investigations, an episode of The Fucking Simpsons, and has even become a real, purchasable game. More than once, CoinUp.org has had a similarly long life. It still exists on the internet today, with Polybius remaining its most popular entry. On the page for Polybius are some infamous comments left by a user claiming to be a man named Stephen Roach. Now, Mr. Roach detailed his involvement in the game's supposed development, but there's no real bombshell information there. It's just saying, you know, uh, he's posting how the game came to be and the programming of it and telling the story about the thing. But at the end, he says, as far as I'm aware, no ROMs or otherwise exist unless they remain in the bowels of the company that distributed it. He says, we only received a basic payment in view of the fact that the game was withdrawn without nationwide or international distribution. So we grew to loathe it and was often a cursed word whenever we used to meet up and is still today, which is a shame. There was a documentary investigating the game called Polybius, the video game that doesn't exist. Stuart Brown of Ahoy claims to have actually tracked down the user who claimed to be Stephen Roach and states unequivocally, that his addition to the story is entirely false. And in addition to the would-be hoaxers, there were feature films about arcade machines with supernatural powers, which would popularize the concept. If you guys remember, 1984's The Last Starfighter is about a boy so good at video games that aliens recruit his ass to wage an actual intergalactic war, right? And then in 1983, the movie Nightmares. It was a horror anthology, um, had a vignette called The Battle of Bishop about a game so addicting that it actually sucks a young Emilio Estevez, if you remember, into its secret 13th level. The popularity of Polybius' story is such that it transcends other video game tall tales. It's easily more popular than Minecraft's Herobrine, the Sasquatch in San Andreas, <laughs> or that time people thought Saddam Hussein was trying to conquer the world with a PS2. Or a group of PS2s, remember that? As mainstream urban you know, mainstream urban legends go, Polybius is uh, probably only slightly less successful than Slenderman or The Hook. But is any of it true? 
Well, in my opinion, yes, actually. Probably didn't think I was going there, <laughs> but yes. <clears throat> this is one of the most intriguing urban legends, modern urban legends, post-internet urban legends, because I think that the story of Polybius, in a sense, is actually true. To understand, and I'll, I will explain all of it right here. I'm going to bust this mystery right in half. To understand the truth behind the legend, one must go down kind of a rabbit hole that spans both time and cyberspace. Online listings for Polybius all contain the same crappy photo of the game's cabinet and the marquee. There's no way to tell if this physical cabinet ever existed or if it's an early Photoshop job thanks to its dubious quality. Listings also host the only known screenshot of the game, which doesn't tell us much. The aforementioned, uh, aforementioned copyright date, the credits, its development to a company called Sinislawotion, can't pronounce that, a word which roughly translates to something along the lines of sense delete or sensory deprivation in kind of a broken German. There's no evidence of any company having ever existed like this in Germany, the U.S., or Arcade's gaming capital, Japan. So, dead end. The font used for the name Polybius itself is actually quite notable for being so large and colorful during an era when the memory required to produce an effect like this was a serious problem. Only games from powerhouses... Right, like Nintendo or Williams were known to spend such high-priced resources on something as fleeting as a fucking title screen. I mean, in fact, the lettering is reminiscent of the one used for Nintendo's versus Pinball and one used for Williams' Bubbles, though not an exact match for either. It even resembles an East German cabinet called Polyplay from the same era, though it's unlikely anything this obscure <laughs> inspired the American legend. Again, there's not much to go on here, but some sources have claimed that the story of Polybius was making the rounds on Usenet as early as 1994, though there is, yet again, no record of this in any existing Usenet archives. This may be a case of the Mandela effect, some say, where groups of people misremember shit, uh, you know, the same events, as there was indeed a Pink Floyd-themed puzzle, or a hoax of a puzzle, going around Usenet in the early 90s called Publius Enigma which became so popular that its name was inexplicably displayed during one of the band's concerts. The puzzle itself is near incomprehensible and has never been solved. Now, maybe someone in Pink Floyd loved Usenet? I don't know. Still other dubious sources have claimed that the gameplay of Polybius was similar to the vector style of Res, Tempest, Quicks, that kind of stuff. Tempest was very popular at the time and known for its graphics. It was uh, pretty mesmerizing for the day. So it's not a stretch to think that it may have stuck into the memories of gamers from that era. Cube Quest similarly was a visually stunning title that was only in active use for a very short time, owing to its reliance on sensitive Laserdisc technology. A local arcade can only afford so many high-priced repairs. There's also the people that got sick while playing games like Tempest at the time, just like the story of Polybius as was the case with Michael Lopez of Beaverton, Oregon, who suffered a sudden migraine while playing Tempest with some friends at the Malibu Grand Prix Arcade. I quote, I began to feel a weird sensation in the back of my head, 
Then my vision started going out. Little flashing lights, he says. Suddenly, I got sick and stumbled outside where I threw up all over the parking lot. One of my friends walked me back home, but we didn't make it all the way there. My head hurt so bad, I got to where I could not speak. I couldn't walk anymore. I collapsed on someone's lawn four blocks from my house, rolling, screaming in pain. It felt like my head was cracking open. Someone called the cops. It was the first migraine I ever had. I've had them off and on my whole life since, but it was freaky because I didn't know what was happening at the time. Now, blame was put on the game's flashing lights and intense visual effects, and the incident was documented by a local paper, as was the case of Jeff Daly, a gamer who suffered a heart attack and died after getting his name on the high score list of, on Berserk. In that case, blame was also put on the stress-inducing arcade cabinet. Similarly, Peter uh, Bukowski, yeah, Bukowski, sorry, also died of heart failure. And I can't, you know, I, I can make comparison. I can, you know, I could bring up stories like this all day at the time. This one in particular was done by myocardial inflammation while playing Berserk. Brian Morrow, 28 straight hours of playing Asteroids and drinking Coke, the Coca-Cola the whole time, got sick and collapsed. Morrow survived, but it's easy to see how the reporting of such events in the northwestern U.S. could lead to paranoia about the long-term effects of this new entertainment medium. Now, it's hard to imagine now, but at the time, gaming was such a new phenomenon that it was labeled as a fad. Now, keep in mind, the great video game crash of 1983 hadn't occurred yet, and, you know, it was classified as part of the toy industry, actually. Parents were suspicious of the machines that were seemingly out of nowhere, mesmerizing a generation of American children. Who could blame them? I, I'm not me. It was just it was something so unknown at the time. Now, you know, the game developers have spent decades <laughs> trying to wring money out of their audience by making their games attention-grabbing, sensorily immersive, increasingly addictive. And they're doing a good job. <laughs> If anything, parents today should be more skeptical about the immersive, addictive, gambling-adjacent games that are freely available on every conceivable screen in our homes, right? But uh, that's a discussion for another time. But today, as was the case in the 80s, people tend to be more suspicious of their own shadowy government than they are of corporations, when they should be, whose motives are transparent. They want to take your money, <laughs> Right. It doesn't help matters that the FBI was, as a matter of fact, conducting top-secret top operations out of America's arcades. You heard that right. The FBI was conducting operations at the time. The Bureau's records indicate that the agency actually was monitoring and subsequently raiding arcades in the Portland area right around the time that stories of players collapsing in arcades had hit the mainstream media just by coincidence. In those days, and I'll tell you why the FBI was investigating them. In those days, arcades, which are naturally dark and kind of maze-like, had they're not the arcades that they became when we were kids. When they first started, they had some pretty seedy reputations. <laughs> they were hotbeds. They were kind of like bars, honestly. They were hotbeds of gambling, drug, drug activity, pickpockets, looking to prey on teenagers. Uh, though the extent to which arcades captured the public imagination was out of proportion with the actual issues in the establishments. Some of that reputation was very earned, though. Cabinets were being repurposed for gambling. People were selling weed in between rounds of Pac-Man. I'm serious. It's hard to imagine an arcade like that, 
But that's how they were when they started. They were kind of like bars. They were pretty seedy fucking places. And I know it's hard to imagine that the FBI would be watching places like this, but they were. There are pickpockets wherever teenagers gather, of course, especially in the days before fucking cell phones, but it's true. One more fanciful operation conducted by the FBI included agents rigging classic cabinets like Tempest, Scramble, Galaxian, with cameras and microphones in the hopes of catching criminals in the act. Games like Tempest were selected less for their mind control abilities and more because their cabinets featured glass bezels. Idea for sticking cameras behind. The program was so extensive that it actually caused a shortage of Tempest machines in the Seattle area during the 1980s. Just imagine teenagers watching Men in Black wheeling Tempest machines in and out of arcades every few days. What kind of legends would that create? It only makes sense that they would start ascribing outlandish motives to the agents. These stories of mind control and government experiments are also, unfortunately, completely based in reality. Yep, I'm still confirming. We're on a confirmation roll here. You guys know it. Many people have heard of it by now, but at the time, there were only whispers about a CIA program known as MK Ultra. No, we're not wearing our tinfoil hat. <laughs> I'm not doing that here. This is a declassified government fucking program that existed. It was pursuing mind control techniques using technology, multimedia, and a whole lot of drugs. These experiments were conducted without the permission of subjects. And this is true. You can go look this stuff up. It is declassified. Who have described the experience as extreme psychological torture. With that in mind, a mesmerizing video game does not seem too fantastical, does it? These disturbing stories are verifiable. But none of them contain the actual game Polybius or any video game for that matter. I'm not implying that MKUltra had anything to do with video games. I'm just saying that the stories about mind control, the government has done that. That shit is real. People getting sick playing video games, that is real. The FBI raiding arcades, trying to keep tabs on illegal gambling. So men in black walking around arcades and taking things from machines, very real. To actually play Polybius... You'll have to settle for one of the gazillions of fan games developed in tribute to the legend. There's a supposed copy distributed by GoodDealGames.com around the 2004-ish era, era, yeah, 2003-2004, Polybius.exe. The game claims to contain its own emulation software and warns players that Polybius has been linked to impaired memory and psychological changes. They really play it up. Games may cause, you know, seizures, susceptible individuals. Do you still want to continue before booting into the title screen? What are, what are, you, what, what are you doing? Well, you're making a lot of noise back there. That's a cool game, though. Yeah, maybe after this I'll play it with you. Anyway, <laughs> I keep hearing, like, it's like, what the hell is this kid doing? Uh, you're being very, very good, though. You're very quiet, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, he says. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to cut there either. We don't cut here, damn it. So once one presses any key, the game crashes. And another pop-up message says it was an April Fool's Day joke. V very cute. Now, <laughs> there are, um, you know, immersive pranks. It's like CineSolution.com. Uh, there's a guy named Dr. Estil Vance who registered the URL. 
<laughs> and <laughs> trademarked the usage of the name Polybius, though noted that it wasn't an authentic original, simply an attempt to recreate the Polybius game as it may have existed in 1981. Uh, so there's been, you know, games made. Uh, the most famous and easily obtained version of Polybius is from Llamasoft, which released it for the PS4 in 2016, PSVR also. Though the game contains vector-like graphics, it's very obviously a modern creation intended to actually be played as a standalone title. So if you're looking for Polybius, oh yeah, it does exist. It was in fact so popular that it was used for the music video in Less Than by Nine Inch Nails, or li as I like to call them, Nine Inch Nads, in 2017. I'm not making... I like Nine Inch Nails, okay? I'm just... I just like to say Nine Inch Nads. I don't know why. Now, none of those games are the true Polybius, which, if it ever existed at all, only survives via word of mouth and articles like, you know, you find all over the internet, plus podcasts like this. Polybius was almost certainly invented by Kurt Collar to promote the website, which obviously succeeded beyond any reasonable expectation, probably way more than even he thought. But... In light of the free-to-play mobile games with addicting gotcha mechanics, you know, corporations and the government's uh, hyper-targeting ads on Facebook, effectively mind control on its own, and the alphabet soup of federal agencies torturing children, the themes of the legend are more relevant, I think, now than they've ever been. In a way, the story of Polybius is entirely true. We don't need to debunk it at all. People were dying while playing addictive video games, and they still are. You always hear stories about people, a lot of it's overseas, like out of America for some reason, but you know, people playing video games for way too long, developing blood clots. Uh, you tend to not eat very well while you're sitting down playing very long video game sessions. You're not standing up, not getting exercise. People, people die. Now, men in black, literally, <laughs> men in black suits, fucking FBI, official-looking guys, and gals were using arcade machines in secret operations. This is true. The government was, due to MK Ultra, and probably still is, pursuing mind control. Now, I don't want to put on the tinfoil hat here and say, well, they definitely are. I'm just going to say that MK Ultra was a thing. They tried this, at least at one point. The Portland area witnessed all of these things. It just wasn't called Polybius. I have uh, <laughs> kind of an odd little story about Polybius myself. I wanted, uh, a few years ago, I wanted to, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a, I'm a writer. I have 37 novels out. Yeah, you heard that right. I, wouldn't have, I did not slip of the tongue there. I have published 37 fucking novels, horror, thrillers, that kind of stuff. Go to Asylum817.com and go to the books tab up top. You'll see all my shit. But anyway... Uh, very John Grisham meets Stephen King kind of stuff. And I wanted to write a fictional novel about Polybius. I still have it. It's um, it's mostly finished. I don't know if it'll ever see the light of day, but I did it. Uh, it's about 80% written, actually. It's you know it's almost a complete novel. That's pretty good. But uh, during my kind of research of it, I said, you know what? I want to play Polybius. I want to play the real deal, you know. I don't know if it existed or not, but I want to play whatever, you know, most legit thing I could get my hands on. And I went on the 4chans and the Reddits. I even went on the fucking deep web. I went to forums all over the place and said, does anybody have a ROM of the real Polybius? You know, I said real Polybius. 
And uh, lo and behold, this is a true story. I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. Somebody on the fucking deep web said, yeah, I got a ROM of it, but this is the real deal. You know, he's really selling it. This is the, this is it. You know, you really got to watch yourself when I'm, I'm not responsible for shit. I said, okay, sent it to me and I'm playing it. It's like this ROM, you know, that didn't experience any adverse effects or weird shit or anything like that. And uh, my friend at the time, his name is Alex. He came over to the house and uh, just, you know, I, I'm like that with my friends. I say, hey, just, you know, just walk on in. My house is your house kind of thing, right? If the door is not locked, just walk your ass right in. I'm just like that. I'm a very hospitable kind of person. And uh, he, he walks in, sees me playing Polybius, and he goes, what? He's instantly pissed. Just pissed. <laughs> and he looks at me and goes, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, I'm playing. He goes, yeah, I know what the fuck that is, man. I know what that is. And he knew that I was writing the book. And he's like, oh, you've gone off the deep end. He's like, you're playing it, aren't you? You're fucking playing it, aren't you, man? And I was like, what, you believe in this? And he's like, I'm out of here. I am not coming back in this house until you're done playing this fucking game. <laughs> he was spooked. He was spooked by it. And <laughs> uh, that interaction was uh, it, it was pretty weird, too. I mean, he was, uh, he was rattled. And he refused to come back to my house until I, you know, uh, put that fucker away, as he as he stated. It seeped into people's heads, and a lot of people believe that it's completely true. So I'm not going to debunk Polybius. I went to arcades a lot as I was when I was a kid. I grew up in kind of that era. I'm a little too old, or too uh, too young, rather. I was born in 1983, so I was a little. I'm a little too young to have been in an arcade when Polybius was supposedly out. So I don't remember going to an arcade and seeing this thing. Apparently, my brother actually says that he has a photograph of me and him. He's, he swears by this. He says that he has a photograph of me and him back in the day. We're probably 9, 10 years old, standing in front of a Polybius machine. He's, he fucking swears by this. And he gets really defensive when I say, no, this thing's an urban legend, man. Polybius didn't exist. He gets really defensive about this. I mean, he truly believes that he has this photo. I say, hey, man, you know, let me see it. Pop that photo out. Yeah, naturally, he can't find it. <laughs> but, you know, everybody has... A lot of people have a story kind of like that, where they swear, you know, that they've seen it or that, but they just can't produce anything. It's on the tip of their tongue, right? It's in that certain shoebox that they just cannot find. <laughs> My chair is squeaking, but uh, there's just nothing there. But I'm not going to debunk this. I'm not going to say inconclusive. As a matter of fact, Polybius. This particular one on Strange Places, where we kind of look at these surreal, creepy, paranormal, uh, unnatural kind of things, and we dice them apart, and then we tell them, is it legit? Is it bullshit? Polybius, I'm going to surprise you with this one. Polybius, I'm going to say, is completely true. Why? Why don't I just go fake? Because it's not called Polybius. Well... Look at anything else, okay? What if we were talking about Bob Lazar's... You know what? Let's say, what if we were talking about Area 51, okay? And we find out that all the events of it were true. Everything that Bob Lazar said, everything that anybody ever said, the photographs and the, the crash and all that stuff. We were talking about Roswell, and let, let's say that all the events actually fucking happened. All of them. 
whether in the same time period or not, all the events were well, in the same time period. Fuck it. All the events happened. And but it, it just didn't happen in Roswell happened in, uh, you know, uh, bumfuck Egypt or Corridan, Iowa. Right. <laughs> it's still true. It was just called something different. And there is a fire truck right outside there. Boy, I hope that mixes out driving down the road. Can you, uh, I don't know if you guys can hear that blaring ass fucking siren. I hope I can mix that out. But but it, all the events happened, obviously. It just happened in a different place. It was called something different, right? If we find out that um, this big hairy ape thing is scaring the shit out of people in Northern California, this thing is nine feet tall, can rip trees out of the ground, right? <laughs> Walks on two legs and uh, apparently is extremely intelligent like a Gigantopithecus, but uh, it doesn't call itself Bigfoot. It calls itself Jim, right? <laughs> You capture a Bigfoot and you say, oh, it's Bigfoot. And it goes, no, my name is Dennis. I didn't know you were called Dennis. You know what I mean? It's still true. Even though it, it's, it's, called, it's not a Bigfoot, it's a Dennis, right? <laughs> we got to say Polybius is real. It is. Video gaming's most notorious urban legend is true. Why? Because everything explained in Polybius, just listen to my reasoning here. It's common sense, which, like I said, is something in the supernatural and paranormal that is paranormal study that just does not exist now. People don't, it's, it's just, it's gone. People want so bad for these things to be true that they're going to stretch. I don't have to stretch with Polybius. None of us do. Everything that is in this report or urban legend about Polybius is true. Even if you take the same time, the same era, we don't have to travel far. We don't have to travel through time. We don't have to mix dates. We don't have to throw things in there. The Portland area, right, had the government investigating video games because of illegal gambling. People were getting sick at the time playing games like Tempest. And ironically, this was around about the same fucking time. That MK Ultra was a thing. And there were even reports that, you know, there were <laughs> looking into things like this. Polybius is real. It's just not called Polybius. I think that there's there were just a lot of events going on at the time, and Polybius was the name that they gave it, right? <laughs> now, do I think that this is a completely fabricated thing? Is it a hoax? No, I think that uh, the guy who posted the original, you know, uh, information about Polybius on on the internet for the first time, uh, either did this completely by accident, you know, and tried to make some kind of name for himself, or tried to make himself famous, or come up with a story, uh, and just accidentally nailed everything. <laughs> All this stuff that was really happening. Or he kind of knew his history a little bit and built the legend of Polybius around it. Right? So we can't discount anything that... Okay. <laughs> Let's strike that. Reverse it. Now, a lot of you might be kind of confused right now. I'm not losing track of myself. I'm just trying to explain it. Look at my logic here. Okay? The creepiest stuff about Polybius... Is stuff that actually happened. 
people were getting sick playing video games. People were having night terrors. There are anti-video game advocates. People were dying. People were having heart attacks, hallucinations, epilepsy. This shit was real. MK Ultra was a thing, right? P- uh, the FBI checking out video games and all that stuff. People getting amnesia and shit at the time, playing Tempest. We knew so little about this medium and uh, health things that people had pre-existing conditions. We didn't know. So the the craziest shit <laughs> in the Polybius story is real. It's stuff that actually happened. It's just not called Polybius. It just didn't exist in one nice, neat little package. Is it real? In a sense, yes. So I'm not going to debunk it. You want to get technical? Did the actual game exist? Uh, yeah, actually, it does. <laughs> because you could go get the PlayStation 4, you know, whatever that game, right? You can get the little Flash version of Polybius online. <laughs> I think this is one of those um, rare urban legends that either was accidentally true or someone knew their history and kind of built it around. You can't really debunk it. I mean, you you can't because a lot of the stuff that happened actually fucking happened. And if you want to argue and say, oh, Polybius isn't a real game. uh, Now it is. (laughs) It kind of is, right? I can't debunk something that's, uh, I, I can't debunk something that exists. And I can't debunk something that, the stories about it are things that actually fucking happen. So I think this is one of the very rare cases where people say it's something in one package that's paranormal and surreal and unnatural and all that. And it's not. It's a fabricated package, you know what I mean? It's a fabricated arcade cabinet, right? But we can't debunk it. It's real. <laughs> so Polybius, a very interesting uh, story, a very interesting study. Have you ever played it? Have you ever, uh, yeah, had any kind of adverse effects playing any version of Polybius? Do you think I'm full of shit? And you think Polybius is the real deal? Do you have a photograph from 1981 with Polybius in the background that you want to send me? Something that, you know, nobody could find any kind of Photoshop error in. Do you have the smoking gun? Yes. And is everybody else crazy? Can you blow the lid off this thing? Did I forget any piece of information that might just completely blow this up? Let me know, kids. So uh, that's it for this one, all right? Go on Asylum at... at, I can't talk. Go on Asylum817.com. That's my website. Asylum817.com for all things, everything I do, my books, the music, the podcasts, the art. I'm also a painter. Yeah, what else don't I fucking do? I also run the No Disclosure podcast, which is kind of a weird news podcast. A lot lot more wild than this, so brace yourself. But uh, go on Asylum817.com to contact me. Um, let me know if you like the show. Leave some suggestions. Any... Um, yeah, uh, you know, any strange place or any strange thing, anything paranormal or supernatural that you want me to talk about on the next episode, let me know. And check out the uh, check out the website. Drop me a line, okay? I like hearing from you guys. Also on there um, are links to all the social media stuff as well as a link to get to our Patreon account where you can get early access to shows, bonus stuff, giveaways at certain tiers. It's freaking awesome. And I, the way I say it is uh, our, my Patreon is kind of like the Disneyland e-ticket. You know, you I, I make it. I, I give you your money's worth. Trust me. So check it out. Even for as little as a dollar a month, you will keep the show going. I and I appreciate it. 
Anyway, I will catch you guys on the next episode. Will we ever run out of strange places? Or strange things as this is turning into? <laughs> I don't know. But I will assure you of this. Every town has a strange place. And maybe one day, we'll visit yours. The Strange Places podcast is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is the place for an independent or unsigned musician to get their music on every streaming platform imaginable. If you want your music out there for the world to hear, look no further. See, I'm picky with sponsors. If someone contacts me to be a part of this thing, I want it to be a company and a product that I actually use myself on a regular basis. All of my albums and singles that I've ever released have been through DistroKid, so believe me when I tell you they are the real deal. I've been a musician for a long time, and when I say that DistroKid gives you 100% of your royalties, I still feel like I need to pinch myself. The industry does not work that way. For only 20 bucks a year, yeah, you heard me right, 20 bucks a year, you can upload unlimited music you made and get it out everywhere people stream music. My albums are worldwide, yours should be too. By going to the link provided in this episode's description, you get 7% off the first year of the already insane measly 20 bucks a year. You'll be supporting the show and getting your music heard, so check out the affiliate link in this episode's description. Thanks, DistroKid, for being a part of Strange Places and for giving this old dog an audience.